This is the Barrel Racer's Edge podcast. Whether you're training your first maturity horse, putting the finish on your current barrel horse, or maintaining a seasoned rodeo horse, we're here to give you that extra edge in the arena and in life. The Barrel Racer's Edge podcast is a show that digs a little deeper into the things that are going to get and keep you and your barrel horse at the top of your game. We're going to be chatting about everything from saddle fit to checking your brain at the gate, conditioning to working on answering that age-old question of train or pain. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's dig in. Hey guys, we're here today to talk a little bit about anxiety in your horse. Um, So we have talked a few times about, you know, rider anxiety, and of course that can play a part in um, your horse and they will reflect you. But you know, sometimes anxiety in ourselves can be a little bit of a nudge that maybe we are on some level sensing that something's a little bit off with our horse or just not quite right. And it can show up um, in that feeling in ourselves. So today we're going to dig a little into that. So, hey, ladies, I'm here with Marion and Elena today. How's it going? Hello. <laughs> so, yeah, we thought we'd chat about maybe a few... Um, yeah, different stories, different horses that we've kind of come across um, over time that uh, we've watched kind of get solved in different ways where the horse is showing up with anxiety. You know, one of those key places is, of course, the the hot zone of the alley and the um, holding pen that can definitely show it. Have you, do you have any stories you mm-hmm. want to share, Elena? <laughs> Well, of course, there's stories around anxiety and feral horses. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, generally, I think if they've been started correctly and and uh, got a good handle on them as far as horsemanship goes, you know, the gate and the alley and all that kind of stuff should be, you know, pretty anxiety free, um, especially if they've got a good leader on their back and and. Uh, they're kind of honed into who's riding them. But uh, then the biggest thing that will come up, I mean, I'm sure a lot of uh, the listeners listening right now, they're going, yeah, it's pain. It's going to be ulcers, bleeders. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are kind of the big, big ones that will show up when everything was just going just fine. And then slowly there starts to be a pattern that starts happening. Mm -hmm. Um, where the horse is starting to refuse at the gate or yeah. um, just blow off even a barrel or something blow off a barrel. Yeah. Or sometimes even just not wanting to even load in a trailer or, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, or even unload and just get anxiety <laughs> right off the bat as soon as they step foot at the race. Right. So yeah. Um, definitely been there, done that. Um, and I believe like our horses are talking to us at that point. And then there's that, old saying is it train or pain mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> <laughs> where that's where you know I would always suggest for someone to go talk to another experienced person who has you know a, an experienced trainer or whomever that maybe someone looks up to and has some experience in trying to figure out is it the training or is it the pain but usually yeah. if you start off and that horse is pretty you know, pretty sound in the mind. 
I do find that like young horses, they'll get a little bit more hyped because they know that's a competition and, and uh, with more runs, they can get a little bit more fired up and everything. And some horses. Yeah, there's kind of a difference hey, between like true anxiety and just an excited pumped horse that's just ready to go do their job. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's where we just have to take our blinders off and be like, okay, what's mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, it can be so helpful to have somebody that's objective watching you that's seen a lot of horses, I find. Yeah, yeah. I mean, biggest thing is like the one that you're on, the one that you know best as well. Like, is this, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't seem about right. But, you know, like we've talked about it before too, Tiff, about um, like how sometimes it is the rider's anxiety that can um, oh totally yeah and so I and then you become anxious because you know something has gone on but then I have gone through situations where then I kind of kept tabling it and going okay it's just me I just you got to push harder but then not getting to actually oh there was something that we needed to deal with there so it's it, it's it's tricky to like you know decide is it is it is it this mine or is this me picking up on something that I need to kind of dig a little because if it's true anxiety in the horse, like if it is true, consistent anxiety in the horse, then it can be such a gift. It's kind of like a little um, mm-hmm. nugget of information. Like here's your little um, treasure piece. Follow this trail, you know, follow the crumbs. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't necessarily quit going. I mean, depending on how escalated it is, but like start looking for those patterns, you know, talk to a mentor, like you said, or a trainer, um, somebody that you, you know, has seen a lot of horses that has a good Mm -hmm. reputation, you know, making a lot of, of sound minded horses. And then of course, once you've kind of noticed the patterns, you can take that to your athlete support team. So like, of course your performance horse vet, um, is a key part, your body worker, um, even your farrier and just kind of going, okay, are we, are we seeing any pattern changes here in their mm-hmm. body and their way of movement? Because there's so many times it can be so amazing, um, working with different people and their horses. I can't think of a particular story right now offhand, but it's just so common for people to come in before a session you know, anxiety is a huge thing that I put under, you know, rider concerns very often in Mm -hmm. session reports. And usually a a lot of times within say a month, there's usually a transition of change. You know, if we keep following those crumbs, they keep following where they need to go. So it's really cool to see because there was a time way back when, where it was just kind of like, oh, that horse is just an anxious horse. That's just the way they are. They're just anxious, but it's different than excited. And, and sometimes that anxious labeled horse got stuck just at a certain level because the rider just didn't know to follow those crumbs. So yeah, yeah. crumbs are like an opportunity to improve you know, help your horse improve. (laughs) Yeah. We always want them to talk. Hey, and even though it can feel at the time when you do get a diagnosis, it's just devastating. It's a blow, but you can turn it around and go, okay, this is going to be, we're going to get there. Maybe we can move up a division. Right. And yeah. Uh, just from problem solving and then treating the, treating the issue. If that is an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we you know, always have too, Tiff. It can be like, um, and that's kind of the difference between like super pain and like say a bleeder 
or like an ulcer ridden horse versus a horse that just needs a little bit of herbal. <laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. that can be just it, you know, like mm-hmm. giving a little bit more of a, a calmer um, mm-hmm. and just seeing, but that that's another cookie, right? If you can give that a little bit and see if there's improvement, then, oh, okay, maybe that was the cause of the anxiety. Just need a little bit of help. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With the herbs. I know. And then sometimes it's, yeah, you have to see if it's working, if for real or not. Cause sometimes of course, girl racers were known as being like the, the anxiety supplement Queens. <laughs> so there's such a balance. So long as you make sure it's just genuine excitement, <laughs> you're just helping with the edge and it's not a deeper underlying issue. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Jump in on um, yeah. tension. When you become aware as the rider, uh, say in the alley, for example, um, so you're aware of the horse's tension or your tension or the combination of both you've got to switch your brain really fast. Your brain now is going to go down a south mm-hmm. direction that you don't want to go down. So there's a couple of things when I've worked with riders that um, you can give them um, some physical things to do right away on their own body. And that is, you know, obviously you have to do a little, some training with that in terms of um, having the body familiar so it knows that when you say soften the hands, relax the hands, or ground through your feet, wiggle your toes, that motion, that information to the brain kind of cuts off that anxiety that's going to increase if you don't kind of, you know, detour it, so to speak. So I like to think of physically, how can you do it? You can soften your own body, soften your, even just releasing your hands Mm because you're holding the reins. You're going to release the tension. The horse is going to feel it. Or for some people it's grounding through their seat. For some people it's grounding through their stirrups. I also like to use um, a visual. And I know Elena, you have a little visual on your, um, on your saddle and the horn of your saddle. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because that's another way to help de-stress. Yeah, to help de-stress and just really hone in on what you need to be focused in on your run. So I, um, here's a little secret, but I have a little triangle etched into my horn and just, you know, prior to my run, you know, 10 or five, whatever it is, um, just kind of sitting there and being quiet on my horse and just going through uh, one to three major key things that I really need to focus on or something that I really need to make happen during my run Um, yeah 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 so that that does help me and I think that also gives me a time to um help my horse quiet as well right Mm -hmm. I'm not my head's not spinning I'm just thinking about those those key things to make a good run so you're Um, redirecting that focus Mm -hmm. keeping it um, where you want it the other thing is um if you know your horse has a sweet spot that you can just you know uh, rub maybe soften your hands first and then find somewhere in the neck or wherever um and just sort of give it a little touch um with Mm. that calming energy sometimes Mm -hmm. that helps too and you're standing waiting for in the alley or whatever for your ride yeah totally yeah the breathing definitely helps too just now i was gonna say the last thing is make sure you're focusing on your breath because the breath is the number one thing that's going to change yeah 
making that conscious effort saying, okay, the, your awareness of the anxiety, no, we're not going there. We're going to do something physical or we're going to look at the visual or we're going to touch release. Yeah. And all of those things can. Yeah. I'm not sure if we have, ever, we've, we've spoken about it on our podcast, but um, there was the study tip and Marion about how the horses can feel or hear your heart rate four feet from them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is what heart math is all about. There's a course called heart math and that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, so definitely if you're sitting on your horse and your horse is pounding, your horse is definitely <laughs> knowing your heart, your heart is pounding. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I like that when you're talking about like when you're in an actual run, cause we were kind of talking about like, okay, you step off. Now you're like looking at it after, right? My horse is anxious, but when you're in the run or you're in the holding pen and you're like, okay, we've got some anxiety here. You're not going to be like, okay, so maybe I'm going to book a vet appointment on Tuesday. <laughs> You've got to like, in that moment, cause you're there, you have to decide, okay, is this bad enough to not run? Pro- probably not. If you've gotten to that stage, you're probably going to like have to kind of put a new hat on like Marion said and be like, okay, we're here. We're good. We're going to solve this later. Right now we are a hundred percent in it. <laughs> I had a horse once who he's super sensitive, just super sensitive skin, everything feels spooky. Um, I kind of like, I just, I chuckled to myself cause I was just out in a nice trail ride one day <laughs> and I thought, huh, I wonder if I can focus on a rock, like you know, a small, just a nice small rock, but out in the field. Right. And there's, there's not many rocks out there, but if I honed in on it and I would, I would just get really worried about this rock and I'd look up at it (laughs) and that horse, I tell you, he would be so worried about that rock. And this is a rock that we had ridden past a million times before, but for this one time I thought, Oh, I'm going to get myself all like, just like, get really stressed out about what could be under that rock you know and man did that horse pick up on it like unbelievable (laughs) when that rock never did bother him but he just he knew I was worried so he needs to be worried (laughs) (laughs) if they're that worried about it if the predator on my back is that worried about it yes you know, without saying anything. And it was just a peaceful, we were just walking along and I thought, I'm just going to do a little test here and just see, but (laughs) Uh, turns out it's interesting. On the other hand, uh, just thinking about talking about your spot, I was just um, at a D Butterfield clinic this weekend and she was talking about a run she made. I think it was in Williams Lake. And she said the horse she was on really wanted like her, she had this nice approach planned out first and he made this big move in he'd do that sometimes and so all of a sudden their line would just get just thrown right off but she said all she kept doing was focusing on the same first axis point so she didn't change anything she just kind of adapted and just kept riding forward to that point she ended up having a beautiful run she came out and somebody that was there uh, another rider was like oh you know when I first saw that first move I turned to walk away because I thought oh that's it you know there goes the run and then I heard the time she ended up winning the rodeo mm-hmm. because she on the other hand was so focused but in a soft non-anxious way and kept going there it was really yeah. it was really cool to see I was like oh even when things got thrown off because that's what can set I know me off right yeah if all of a sudden something changes in there and then all of a sudden you're like ah. yeah. <laughs> adapt, adapt. yeah but she just kept focused but yeah yeah 
That's right. And that's what we can do for our horses, right? Is, you know, stay, um, stay strong through the storm. <laughs> yeah. When the storm happens, because you don't always know, right? Yeah, Not just react, that. but keep on, keep on, yeah. keep on. And then like, there's another thing too, like with anxiety and horses, it's not just in the arena. I've been, um, Mm -hmm. about like, uh, tying a horse up. I mean, some horses, you know, whatever. And and a lot of times we don't think about it, but I just find working with a lot of young horses. Um, you know, I do, I really like to do a lot of halter work and uh, leadership on the ground and liberty work and all that kind of stuff. So I really like to have a horse kind of attached to my shoulder. And, and I've been kind of noticing when you're walking in the barn after you've caught your horse and you go tie him up and then you just tie him up and walk away. I find, I'm finding more horses are like, but wait, wait, come back. You know, like I find there's this anxiety there about that. Um, yeah, yeah, we were, we were talking. So I went years ago to a clinic, um, with Andrew McLean and he's more in the event world, but he, he studies like animal behavior. He's really from a scientific approach. And he had talked about, he's very much on when you lead a horse that you like pick up the shank and that they're actually, um, moving into your, your lead rope pressure, because he was saying that it can be such a, you know, they're following your shoulder. If you're teaching them just to follow your shoulder and then you tie them up that we were specifically dealing with horses in the trailer. So you'd walk in, you tie, especially a young horse up. And then he's like, think about it. You've taught them to follow your shoulder and then you tied them to a solid object and then walked away and now they can't follow you and they're like, or they try and get out. Yeah. Shoulder. And especially when you have them locked onto your shoulder, because usually you turn mm-hmm. your shoulder and then you pull away and they're thinking, okay, I should come with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You kind of had a little solution for it though. You figured out. Well, yeah. I just find that, you know, if you just take a minute, a minute to just stand there after you've tied them, um, like it depends on the horse too, but if I'm just teaching them to tie, I'll stand there with them. And I'm like, you kind of want to be more present with them at that moment and either pet on them or, or, um, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes I'll just really think about kind of grounding my horse there and, um, just relaxing, taking a few breaths and then, Mm -hmm. and then walking away, right. Just giving them that moment to be like, okay, we're going to stand here now instead Mm -hmm. of just tying and going. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like almost like a separation anxiety for some horses. Yeah. Yeah, because tie we are uh, yeah we need them to be able to tie at the trailer for long periods of time. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Especially mm-hmm. if they're going to go on to be a rodeo horse, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just another area of anxiety that I've been just noticing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> along with trailer hauling as well, right? That, mm-hmm. That's another big one. That is the moment I feel like when I tie them, and then. I'm going to leave you now. <laughs> I'm going to leave you in this scary box. <laughs> <laughs> Shut you in there. <laughs> oh, but you know, there's some, gosh, there's some good rodeo horses that just love their space. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Once they get it figured, you just send them in and they're good. To yeah. Go. Yeah. It's the beginning yeah. stages. The beginning stages. Yeah, totally. Well, hopefully, um, yeah, you have a little, a few little tips there. So look for the patterns. I think the biggest thing is, 
realize if you're seeing anxiety, not just excitement to get in there and a pumped horse ready to lay down a run, but actual anxiety, mm-hmm. see it as a gift and a little nugget of information that's showing you um, an area of opportunity that you may not have tapped into. And it's your horse. We always want them to talk. Well, this is your horse trying to talk to you. So just get quiet. Um, notice the patterns. Don't get in a big story about it. Just observe them, write them down, talk to, you know, a rider, trainer, mentor, um, or of course, your athlete support team, which can be somebody like Marion that can support you as the rider. (laughs) Um, Or of course, for your horse, you know, your performance horse, veterinarian, body worker, even your farrier, just, just get, you're kind of putting your detective hat on and looking for Mm -hmm. little tips and tidbits and patterns along the way. And then, uh, then from there you can come up with a plan. So we hope that helps you dealing with a little bit of horse anxiety. And uh, as we come into the season a bit more and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to y'all soon. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us on today's episode. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you feel so compelled, we would love to have you leave us a little review or even share this episode with a friend if you think they might find value in it. We hope you have an amazing day and don't forget to enjoy the process. We'll see you soon.